previously on the new reality of back to school. But Dr. Arduce, before we walk through my assignment, can you tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely. So I am originally from Arlington, Virginia. I came to Gainesville to attend the University of Florida. And so I'm currently the principal, proud principal of the MK Rawlings Elementary School right. in Gainesville, Florida. Yes. And I just am so happy to be on with you to discuss the state of our education and educational reform. Okay. So that 86% <laughs> of school districts reported difficulty hiring new teachers. And then it says 55% of educators now indicate that they are ready to lead the profession earlier than planned. 35% of teachers say they are likely to quit within the next two years. Only 52%, now I'm just going by the stat that I found, only 52% of how's it pronounced bipoc yeah teachers said they were likely to stay in the classroom only 10 percent of educators would strongly recommend the profession to a young adult 80 percent of educators say that taking on more work due to unfilled job openings within their district is a serious problem next point was 42 percent Mm -hmm. of teachers said that their teaching suffered mm -hmm. because of the state of their mental health. 84%, almost 9 out of 10 educators support hiring more counselors and school psychologists. And teachers, they have to know their impact. They got to know their impact and they also have to know that they don't suffer in silence. And so many teachers are suffering silence. That's why we're losing it. That's why burnout is happening. We've got to make sure that we're tapping into their mental health and seeing being like, how are you doing? And actually stopping to hear a legitimate, authentic answer. And now to the second half of the new reality of back to school here on The Urban Therapist. Our children are faced with so much that we all have to have a team dynamic. It doesn't just take the counselor, it doesn't just take the school psychologist, but they are the experts leading the way. This is where I fall back and that's when they push forward. But we're on the same page. I'm not that's the leader at all times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the leader at all times. You know what I mean? Like, I may be the sheriff, and I, I keep regulation. I'm regulating the community, but I know there's a mayor. There's, a, you know, the, the, the yeah, the reg. you know what I'm saying? I am the regulator, okay? I keep it safe. I keep it conducive for learning, and I make mm -hmm. sure that everyone comes comes to, to, to the game to play. Like we, we are all wearing the same uniform. We're going, we're playing a win here. Um, and I am not for everybody. Now a counselor needs to understand if you're going to work for me, you have to be out and about you're, you, I count on you to be the finger on the pulse in areas that I, I can't get to areas that I'm not going to get the authentic, uh, data like they will. And so understanding that I have gotten better at empowering the adults, because in my mind, you got your your elementary diploma you got your kindergarten graduation you got your fifth grade graduation it's time for you to give it to them but then sometimes and that's just through my upbringing because we bring our upbringing to the table we bring our implicit Some biases to the experience. table we bring yeah we bring mama and daddy what they said before you go out before you leave this house you are you're a decruise and you're representing me so please don't make me look crazy we bring all that even as adults 
but some people don't have that. And so I've had to learn as a leader to shift that to where I am empowering those who are at the charge of being in front of children, I've gotten better at, but I still say, don't think that just because we have a strong counselor and a strong school psychologist, that it's all on them. You're just going to get better and more sophisticated at providing that support because you're still ultimately the one in front of the child at all times. But we just yeah. need to make sure that they have everything that it takes to do so. Okay. So I can honestly say then we are on the same page. Yes. Because I, 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 res I respect what you're saying that there's no lifting of the load mm -hmm. when it comes down to a teacher's responsibility of being in tune. Yes. But I love that you, what you said that that psychiatrist or that counselor, whatever her specialty is, that's his or her specialty. And you're leaning mm -hmm. on her to take the lead and everybody working together. Yes. And and yes. and I I have seen in other organizations where departments that working together and that respect of various departments when it mm -hmm. comes down to working with mental health that that's not there. So I'm, right. I'm, I appreciate you saying what you said. And we're on the same page. And I just want to bring that out because, mm -hmm. again, I am not a, a, a school counselor, but having uh, uh, comrades who are, or knowing those who have done it, counseling is challenging, oh, yes. teaching is challenging. You know, and I'm not comparing apples to oranges, but when you get both of these in that same environment to be able to work together to make things happen, to bring the best out of the student. So I appreciate your attitude. And so, yo, anybody that's listening and you're thinking about being a school counselor somewhere, this is the school you want to go to because oh. you know you're going to get the support <laughs> you need. You. So I appreciate Absolutely. that, Doc. Well, listen, we got a couple more videos. Lewis knows I love my videos. And this next one, Doc, I told you I did my homework. This is powerful. We're talking about money on this piece now. Uh, uh -oh. this, this one, this one, I think this is the one, Lewis. Oh, yeah, this is dealing with the income challenges. Now, Doc uh -huh. and Lou, I love what you all said about, and when we, when we do the rap, I'm going to talk about a couple of things that you all said that I really love because y'all went in beast mode. Uh, and talking about teaching. You all did. That's right. I love it because what, what neither one of you did, what neither one of you did, now I'm not going to lie, when I was, you know, watching some of the videos and different things, it was more of a some, not all. Some were more like submitting to, oh, this is the way it is, this is what's going on, or poor me. You know, y'all was like, yeah, this is what it is, but this is what needs to be done, you know. And I love when we brought up the challenges. You both kept hitting at it. You didn't ignore the reality, which is this is what we're not doing. We're not going to ignore the reality, but we don't want to fold under the challenges. And I think right. that's one of the things that is happening. We've got good people who are folding under the challenges versus pushing through. And so that's when the two of you were bringing out how there are other um, opportunities within the field of education where a person can spread their wings. So even if they mm -hmm. may get 
uh, stuck in a certain area or they feel as though they're not getting the, making an impact or, or they're getting burnt out, they don't have to leave the profession as a whole. They just need to find their new niche. So with that being said, actually, Lewis, that was supposed to be for the end, but Doc, you got me so excited, I had to say that now, but I'm gonna go to this next video. <laughs> Which is talking about what some teachers are saying is about about making money. So Lou, play that video for me, man. Went down. We are making 10% less money than we were a decade ago. That's in Indiana. In Missouri, officials just raised the minimum starting salary to $38,000. But it's temporary. They'll go back to $25,000 soon. Know who makes more? Those aren't even living wages. Those are more starvation wages. And that's why people have to keep two and three jobs um, just to survive. I worked at an ice cream shop, grocery delivery. A tutor, waited tables, Uber and Lyft, bouncer. I work approximately 60 to 70 hours per week. I'm exhausted. <laughs> okay, so these are teachers who are doing what they love and then got to work extra jobs in order to do what they love. 78% of educators say that low pay is a serious issue for teachers. The floor is open. Y'all talk to me. True, false, yes, no. Oof. Nay. Listen, listen, we have, we have been going hard on a lot. I can't, I can do nothing with this. It is a travesty. I have no idea what can be done. Uh, I don't want to compare teaching to the other, other uh, occupations because we need everybody. I am just trying to figure out how to make teachers feel like their intellectual property has value to where they can go home and be fully engaged in their lives and have that sense of living without having to have multiple jobs. I'm a principal with three children and I'm like, how am I gonna make it? So I can only imagine with teachers, like I don't get it. Why can't we pay a reasonable salary? Like I, I the, this really does irritate me because I have no answers for this. A lot of things that we can maneuver and be creative, mm -hmm. like. We try to feed our teachers. We try to get them stipends for things that, that, that um, they do extra and all that stuff because we appreciate it. But I don't know what's going on. Why can't we pay teachers more? I don't know. I do not know. Now, I know that Florida has made strides to do that. We're talking about other different uh, uh, different states in the video. I know Florida has, I mean, we start off at 47.5 if I'm, if I'm believe in our district, but that's a state it's, it, it costs a lot to live. It costs Florida a lot to, to live here. I know when I, moved, when I moved to Florida years ago, when I, when I would come to visit, it's like, oh, great, you know, Disney, all this. When I moved here, I was like, what? Yeah. You know. So, Doc, you said something you were honest, and I appreciate it. You agree. Well, I think we all agree. Our teachers don't get paid enough. And quite, I don't know either. I mean, you all are the men and women making sure that when we go to the hospital or even when we go get our cars fixed or when we go to the dentist that these individuals are qualified to do the work that they need to be done you know i mean when i go get on a plane i'm not worried about if the pilot knows math you know because i'm sure he or she is going to school and got the training Correct. that they've needed 
but we we don't we don't want to pay and I, I don't understand that piece either, but this is one of the things, let me ask you, this is one of the things that you're seeing, the teachers have just spoken, they said, we're working other jobs to do this. Is it fair for us to ask people who are in their passion and are passionate about teaching to have to work other jobs for extra income to fulfill their passion that's helping us. Yes. It's one thing if you're following a passion because it's, it's just you and it's not impacting anybody but you. But you are impacting society as a whole. And, and I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's I I want to say I think I think that the word the profession oh, yes. needs more people to restore what the profession is supposed to be. And so what I mean by that is really like there are people years ago who became teachers with the idea that it was a career profession, right? Not a, yes. Yes. Not a transition into something else. And right. so, and so when you get that buy-in again, and that's, that's going to take, a rise in professionalism. You know, I, I think about other professions where you have, and I'm just going to say it, you know, where you have doctors and lawyers and, and whatever the profession may be, those are careers that those people don't anticipate leaving. They, and they right. enter that profession mm -hmm. right. in right. order for it right. to be a, a lifelong career. And so right. that's what teaching needs to return to. Cause I feel like, we're getting more and more away from that. Again, when I entered the profession, that's what I think the majority of teachers who were entering it felt about teachers. Nowadays, yep, it is seen as a, hey, I need a, I need a job. I'll go be a teacher for a couple of years until I find that next thing. And so yes. once you turn it into that transient type of of career where people can jump in and jump out, you're not going to have that same commitment to professionalism and professional standards. And that just makes it harder for pay. It's, it's, it's almost like okay. a, a cycle, right? Where it's almost like we're in this, this circle of, you know, we want more pay, but if, if you look at us as a, as a monolithic group, can we say everyone deserves more pay? And it's like, mm, uh, I'd like. I can't. To. I can't say that about doctors either. There's some right. doctors with the horrible bedside manners. They they don't mess people up. Yeah, you know, it's everywhere, but they are still getting that paycheck. Right. That looks real nice. Well, but wait. So, so Luke, but what, so what you're saying? Are you are you saying that you think it's because it's because of the way? people are just transitioning in and out now that people are not looking at teaching with the respect uh, that let's say doctor, they may look at the uh, lawyers or, or, or doctors. So why should we worry about making sure the salaries are, are something to keep people because with the cost of living, the way it's going up. Oh, and and that's what I was saying it's, is earlier is that I bad. think I think that again that short order cook versus 
chef, master chef uh, analogy that I gave. And it's like, again, we are almost seen as replaceable, except by Mm. the people who are watching us be replaced. Right? It's like when you have a class without a teacher, when you're that parent or that family that has to go through that, then you start to experience the value of a teacher. The the problem Mm -hmm. is, is that everyone's not going to experience that because as the as the population or the the um profession becomes a little bit more difficult to place teachers it almost makes cer- certain teachers more valuable and they're able to migrate towards certain kinds of jobs to where their value is still felt by people who have more uh, affluence I'm I'm trying to navigate that, say it the right way. I, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah, and the so best, the best are going to go where the money is. Right. Yeah. Oh, yes. And the opportunity, the best, and and the best are going to go where the money is. Sure. And so and so that's an unfortunate part of our system that also needs to change. Which is why is it that our best are going towards what is perceived as the easier jobs and not the jobs that are going to take the heavy lift. And so again, there's, there's some imbalance that, you know, people have to become honest with what's happening in education. Like this conversation we're having today and really look at, you know what? Low pay is one thing, but then it kind of spawns a whole list of other problems that happens when you don't pay people at the professional standard that they should be paid at. And I guess with yes. that too, Ben, the, the reality is from listening to the two of you, the, the teaching profession is that profession where in following your passion, there are going to be sacrifices. So you have yes. to ask yourself, is this what I really want to do? And no, in going into this, there are going to be sacrifices you may have to make in order to do what you love so and, and mm-hmm. again i'm not justifying the pay scale because that's the sad part that's 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 extremely sad but i guess the reality is from what you all are sharing with me if a person decides they want to do this and if they're going to stick with it you may hit those spurts or those spots in your career that you may have to do something extra in order to make ends meet. But I would challenge anyone listening that is the intrinsic value worth it. Right. And I, you know, I know, in, you know, in, in, in my life, there have been things that I have done and the pay definitely was not there. Mm-hmm. But the results of the consequences of the choices that I made to get involved, that was there. And so looks like with, with teaching, this, this is. And, and I would say for some people, yes, the intrinsic value is still there. And that's where you get those people who stay for years. But then there are yes. other people who do not see it because the challenges that they're up against do not give them the things that the intrinsic value offers. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know what, man, my, my, my list of 
Um, my list of negatives is outgrowing the list of positives, and it's hard for me to stay in this and to continue. Yep. So almost sounds like I'm recruiting. I remember once when the army was when they stopped the draft, and so you know recruitment dropped. So then they started coming up with all these different uh, commercials and different things to try to recruit people. Um, and it sounds like in the field of education right now that fulfillment of do you do you have a pat do you really want to make a difference? Yes. And if you do, it'll cost you. It'll, it'll cost you. <laughs> there it is. Well, well, no, well, no, there it is. And the thing is, yeah. I, some, I tell, I've told some of my clients, oh, I'll do it. We do what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, if it's something I really want to do, right, wrong, or indifferent, I will figure out a way to, if it's what I want to do. So, you know, so I just want to encourage, and I'm sure you all want to encourage those that want to, and I, th and, I, and, I, and I think it's going to come through when you make that price and you pay, you make the sacrifice, you may not always see it monetarily, but it comes, the reward comes through. You know, the reward yes, comes does. through, you know, so I, but I had to, I had to bring out that about the, about the pay. Um, and then this next one, which shocked me, it says that 84% of teachers spend their own money on basic classroom supplies. So, so this is the commitment folks that we have from these men and women who are teaching our children. They already being underpaid and then they're taking their money to get the stuff that needs to be gotten in order to teach. I thought that was wild. Now that's ridiculous. Now, I, 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 let me no, that's ridiculous. We have had businesses ask for Amazon wish lists and we use our money appropriately. That is ridiculous. Teachers should not oh, basic really? classroom supplies. So this, no, this, they this should not. Be here. I, no, hey, the, the stat should not be here. here. No, no, it should not. Like, and, and I'm telling you from a, a school where we don't require students to bring classroom supplies because we really need them in school, ready to learn, and we are uniform. So the investment goes into making sure that they have the Rawlings shirt or polo every day. But I, you know what? I tell my teachers, you ask me what you need and I'll make sure you get it. But understand that it needs to impact academics and the, ex the excellence that I expect in the classroom when I see it, when I go in there. So like they should not be, is, unless it's like something frou frou and extra. Something. I'm sorry. You think maybe maybe the stat then reflects more what's happening in some rural or some you know maybe more lower economic I wonder, areas or what? Because teachers also get a stipend. It's not a lot, but I think it's around two hundred dollars. Lewis, correct me if I'm wrong. At the beginning of the year to buy supplies, but this this okay. the money that they get should not be for basic classroom supplies that 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 this uh, that's so disheartening because they already don't make enough and then we're asking them hey you need also need to buy the things that are required for you to teach the children you know uh, it's mm -hmm. just like as if they're asking them to buy a desk and a chair for for the children too I, um that I, should I, be a given well i want to interject and just say that um i mean remember we're talking in general across the nation Right. I mean, and, I did it too, because sure. but there were things I wanted in my classroom. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted everyone to have the same notebook okay. and I wanted all my students to have it. So mm -hmm. I bought it. Oh. There are things I, I wanted to do for me sure. in my sure. classroom. 
So mm-hmm. so let's let's still acknowledge that as a truth for teachers, I know. right? There's there's a um I don't like it. <laughs> there what's what's there's a meme out there if you if you search it, you can find it. Boy, we 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 need to have that meme for Doc right now, boy. <laughs> I didn't it's, like it. It's the government-funded classroom looks like this. And then yes, the yes. The teacher-funded classroom looks like this, right? And and they yeah. are starkly different. But I, I get it. I mean, I, I think that where basic classroom supplies is is the key. Basic. And I think that right. everything teachers need is provided. But we yes. know that we know that for our kids. And their affective learning, and for the the other parts of making the schoolroom feel the way it needs to feel for kids to grow and and to uh, be successful, we often have to add more than what's given as basics. Is that is that mm. a good way of saying it? I think that's well. I, I got to yield to the principal because you know I'm gonna stay on the lane here. <laughs> Make sure she's glad it's okay. You know, but what I was going to say was, at least, I appreciate the fact, and I, the reason I wanted to throw that in behind the um, income, again, this is showing the compassion and the dedication and the commitment. I understand what you're saying, Doc. It shouldn't be. In some areas it is, and like Louis was saying, you know, everyone have. But I, when I saw it, for me, I just went, Wow. You know, these individuals are still going in their pocket, even though their pockets are not that deep. Right. Right. And if right. you gave teachers more but money, the guess what they it. buy? They buy more stuff for the class. They buy more, more stuff. stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. And, 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 right. But that, that shows the heart the teachers have for their kids. And it's why kid teachers feel like every class they teach. They are my kids. That's that's the teacher's mentality, or at least a good teacher's mentality. They will see kids later and say, that was one of my kids, right? Because yes. that's how we see it. So we're going to buy and treat the kids in our classroom, in most cases, the way that you would treat your own children who come from your yes. flesh and blood. So now speaking of that, Doc, you got, you got a little more time? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So, Louis, let's do this real quick before we hit those last two points. Okay. Because then I got to wrap because I got this one slide I want to close with. But before I did, the slide that you put on before this with the lady that was talking about her challenges, you know the one I'm talking about? The um, video? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can right, you play the play video that, that you sure. actually, yeah, before we before we hit sure. slides 12 and 13. Okay. okay. So you ready to do it now? I'm ready to do it now because I think they tie into these two last two points here. Building relationships with them, I, I truly, like, put myself fully into the school and the building and the students and everything. Um, And it progressed great for a while. The pandemic definitely brought out a lot of voices um, in education, a lot of what teachers should do and shouldn't do. I've never had complaints, you know, I, and suddenly, you know, I don't like this assignment. I don't like that assignment. I, you know, I think you, you ruined kids because you were lazy and you stayed at home. Like, I would have never chosen to go virtual. I don't think any teachers would, or most anyway. And also we came back to our classrooms in a new political climate as well. You know, this cultural fight. After seeing that we were heroes in the beginning of the pandemic for like five minutes, we were heroes. 
And then we were lazy, you know, we were indoctrinating kids, we were groomers. Like seeing all these, all this rhetoric definitely makes you clam up a little bit and like feel less authentic and start to wonder like, what will I say that will get me in trouble now, you know? The teachers don't feel safe in their classrooms, you know? And then if you don't feel safe, how can you provide that environment for your students as well? So we came back to not a normal, like we didn't come back to normal. We came back to a new way of life that wasn't great for teaching and creating a safe environment for students. And so I started thinking about leaving and it was hard because I loved it. I loved it so much and it was like heartbreaking to have to make the choice to leave. So Doc, this goes back to what we were talking about. You were talking about at the beginning of the show. Uh -huh. um, what you all are faced with in this social and political climate now, um, especially post-COVID. And, and like one teacher yes. brought out one of the earlier clips, things were going on even before COVID hit. It just, COVID just made more things come out. But the, mm -hmm. the like this, this teacher was saying, you know, being hit with, you know, oh, you're indoctrinating our children to stop, you know, teaching. And, and you got people saying that teachers are teaching things that teachers aren't even teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how, how do you help your teachers deal with this? Because 40, it says 45% of teachers say they don't feel respected by the mm -hmm. public. And then 65% of educators agree that bureaucracy interferes with teaching. Mm -hmm. Okay, so first and foremost, critical race theory does not exist in K-12. I really wish that people would get their uh, theories in line. Uh, that is a university uh, upper um, educational concept that you will not see at my school because it is too high for K or pre-K to fifth grade. Uh, also- Really? You sure? Because everybody says that you all are doing that now. Right, they can say it all they want, but they're misuse. It's a misuse. It's a misuse of the term, um, and so um, I also tell my teachers, do not, do not go. Be weary about distractions. Uh, we have a lot of distractions. Let let me do me. I need you to do you, um, and that means teach to the standards and teach what's vetted by the state as far as a curriculum that uh, we'll teach our students that will build from one to the other. Be careful about sharing your feelings because it is very, very important to stick to the facts. At the end of the day, teachers are facilitators of learning. Students will bring in what they're learning inside and outside of the classroom and we have to manage that. There have been discussions that have been impacted me as a teacher when I've allowed for that space for students to really grapple with each other where I'm okay. not po provoking or poking it. It happens authentic and or organically, but I have to be a craft facilitator in that learning. What we are seeing, they're distractions. And there are ways in which people are reading legislation and making it work for them. 
And we as uh, instructional leaders have to be very careful of that. And that's why I'm a part of the Florida Association of School Administrators. I stay very close to what's happening in Tallahassee and make sure that we are still doing what's best for kids within the alignment of legislation. At the end of the day, we are still the experts. Our teachers need to feel confident in, in what they're doing. And they also need to know that these are the parameters in which we were given, but they don't isolate us because we're gonna do what's right for kids. And But we have to make sure that the parents understand and feel safe with us because trust has been lost. We're not talking about that. This is a trust issue. This is not an indoctrination issue. This is not a CRT issue. It's but a trust how, how issue. Trust laws? But how is the trust laws? Because how is the trust laws? The trust is lost because we no, look on TV the, and we see lose. teachers acting a fool in the classroom. One teacher in, in one state okay. all of a sudden defines everything that is done in education. One teacher. And so, so that's, 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 that's a thing. Came about. When, when I said, when I'm just I said, telling so you, part of the problem. We, have to con yes, we have to control our narrative. I control the narrative that happens at Rawlings. Okay. I have to be at the front. I have to be, I can't be fear, fearful of addressing certain issues, but we have to understand that sometimes we're defined by isolation, one isolated event. And that's a distraction. Okay. okay. So a distraction. Let, me sure, let me make sure I got, I got you clear. And I, okay. Mm -hmm. So you say that part of this, Part part of this issue that we're talking about now about the bureaucracy mm -hmm. not feeling respected by the public and the bureaucracy is because mm -hmm. maybe a rogue teacher or teachers and some of them something yes. came up they said something did something played something and then every somebody grabbed that and say oh this is how all the teachers are look at what educators are doing to our children right yeah. now because they they're controlling the narrative one okay they're controlling the narrative okay. like when they're talking about all this stuff. Okay, that's not Rawlings. Say you can say it, but that's not what's happening at our, at our school. That's not going to happen at our school where we're not doing what's right for kids and we're indoctrinating. No, we're not. That's not so happening. So we need to make it clear. So I, not just Rawlings, but yeah. other schools as well. This. But what I'm saying this, is that's how you control the narrative. It's like, oh, really? That's happening? Not here. Okay. Not here. I see what you're People have educators have to make it clear in their facility, mm -hmm. in their mm -hmm. arena. What this space said is not the reality. Yeah, you can't crumble and be like, how could they? We're not victimizing ourselves. No, 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 no. Some, some, the victims are some of the students who'd go home to destructive environments. We're not talking about that, are we? Because we can't no, do that. We no, can't expose people like that. It's so easy to expose us because we're out in the open. We're a public educational, like taxpayers. So yeah, they're going to have a voice. Let them. But it can't serve as a distraction because our we're losing students who don't feel like we're accepting them. And we've done nothing because the world is saying they're true. wrong for this, that, and the third. That's the beauty of being a teacher is that you have the ability to make that space work for every single individual who comes in there, no matter how you do it. But you have to understand that we're fighting that fight. We are fighting that fight together, but we have to be fearless and not fearful as if we're doing something wrong. And that, that's, that's the thing. I just tell my teachers, you're doing what's right because I've given you the structure. I've given you the expectation. You know I'm going to inspect it. Don't have me looking crazy. It's like the mom, but like, okay, I'm going to come up in the school, but if you said those words, you need to tell me now because I'm going in and I'm going hard, but you better make sure that you're doing the right thing. Don't have me look crazy. It's the trust. 
We have to regain the trust of the people. And that, by that, it's by showing results, showing that kids are learning and they are thriving because the data is also not helping us, especially when it comes okay, so, to children of color. So, oh, okay. So now that's a whole nother show we're going to have to get you on. That's the next podcast episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got to get you on for that. And, and listen, I know we got to get ready to wrap because Lewis, Lewis gave us the bell. No, no. The bell was, that was like, she's on it. She's on it. I was oh, give, yeah, I, I was ringing that, her that bell because she, oh, yeah. Well, I thought that, 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 that was TKO bell. I thought she had yeah. yeah. I mean, look. TKO. She 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 came with the gloves today. She's just I was not happy. I'm like, uh-uh. I see. Well, listen, I'm These are glad. excuses. People want to use excuses. We're not making excuses. Oh. Just because they're, they can talk all they want, but what we're doing mm -hmm. is different. Mm -hmm. But now, Doc, I appreciate you, especially what you just said. Some people use facts as excuses instead of a catalyst for change and yes. what we wanted to do today we wanted to be informative and i love and i appreciate the fact that you all are pushing the narrative that even though these 13 points that we brought up are maybe factual they do not dominate the reality of what can be so we need more of what can be and the only way we're going to do that is we got to have more more of this so doc we got to have you on again and we've got to push this out so when you, if you got some ideas for some shows that you want us to do let's do it so we can get this out because like you said the people who control the narrative are putting uh -huh. out what they want to put out if i tell you i found more video and information on the negative aspects of teaching and of education than on the positive and an impact you know that's true but that's because like you said people who control the narrative but speaking of the narrative i want to wrap with this lou as we get ready to wrap says 66 percent of teachers almost seven out of ten now with everything that's going on i think this is a good stat seven out of ten almost seven out of ten teachers say they are satisfied with their job even with all the things that they are faced with right now seven almost seven out of ten 66 percent of the teachers who were surveyed said that they are satisfied with their job. And Louis, I want to wrap this portion of the show up with this last video. And Doc, I think you'll appreciate this. I loved it when I listened to this young lady talk about what being an educator means to her. So Louis, can we go to the last video? This is my calling. This is my calling. This is what I do. But at the same time, it is at a great compromise to my personal life. There's been many days where I just said, I can't, I, I can't do it anymore. You know, where I felt like I'm, 
it's been it's been very difficult days when I, I've just felt um, like back to the wall what am what am I going to do but then your students do something for you like make you a video out of nowhere to tell you how much they love you right these are things that happen to me I don't want to get emotional but these are things that keep me you know it's it's my work you know that um that I want to be judged by when I'm no longer here you know the things that I've been able to do as an educator and the people I've been able to impact the families I've been able to make a difference in their lives I just I know um, my efforts are far-reaching man when I heard that young lady say that I, I'm not gonna lie to the two of you I listened to that several times because it's just beautiful. I mean, to me, that embodies what, you know, teaching, what education is all about. She's looking at the reality. She, it is what it is, as Michelle Obama would say. And yet and still, the intrinsic, that the students making the movie, uh, knowing that she's making a difference. I mean, then I can say that I, I, I leave it to you and Lou on this because for me, that 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 just inspired me. She literally just captured everything that we talked about. That's what that's what teaching is. It is it is something. It's the most fun you never want to have again. Like she said, when I'm gone, I'll still be here. That's what mm. teaching is. Mm. When I'm gone, there's a legacy that I get to mark. I, she was, she, she spoke my heart. She spoke my heart because I, I, I go to work with a bit of fear every day. Cause I'm like, what if I can't fix it? But you go anyway, you step out on faith, knowing that something will happen for the better. And that's what she said. Lewis? That's exactly what she said. Nice. I, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I never got to meet Dr. Stella as a teacher. But I felt like when I saw that video clip, that felt like I was looking at you a few years back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. I remember... You know, being a classroom teacher and that's all you care about is the success of your students and the impact that those things that you're imparting on them. And it's not always academic, but the things that you're imparting on them will have on them. Mm -hmm. And and that's the beauty of what teaching is. It is it is passing down to the next generation and to the next generation the things that we want to see sustained and continued. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to thank you both for being on the show today. Lewis, I know you can produce and the co-host, man, but this was, this is for you as my partner and as my friend and doc, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. And listen, again, we're going we're gonna to have you again 
because I do want okay. to deal with some of the other issues and challenges that you would want to talk about uh, as far as education is concerned. One of the things I really want to have you back about is talking about recruitment uh, because okay. you were talking about the uh, the gentleman who, who was working, uh, who's not a teacher, but you're trying to recruit him, you know, because of his mm -hmm. passion, because of the way he works with young people. Um, I want to talk to you about that. I want I want you to talk about that because we need to recruit. You know, we need we need to recruit. So, but I need the people who know what it takes and who love what they do to do the recruiting. So, right. that's just one thing I just want to throw out there at you, you know, to come back talk about that uh, because you know some of the things I'm hearing about some of the people they're trying to get in and how they're trying to get them in and, you know, sounds like they're watering down uh, mm -hmm. the process. And I was listening to one administrators say instead of, and I'm paraphrasing, instead of watering down the standard, give people what they're worth and make them feel like they're worth it. Hello. And so you will get people back who are leaving. So anyway, so we're going to have you back and I appreciate it. 